Hello, it is me again, back for another episode. And today, I hope I can get your attention for some of the athletes out there with the topic around mindset training, competitive mindset, and getting the most out of yourself because of your perception of the effort, your ability to stay calm under stress, and your ability to still find that mongrel in you, that mental toughness when you need it, but not overdo it, not be relying on that in training, not relying on that throughout the entire race, but you're still going to have it there when you need it. So that's the point of today's podcast is to train, teach teach you how to train with a calm, confident, quiet mindset with no ego, no emotional response, going at a max effort if need be still. However, you're still going to take that mindset of calm, no emotional response into the race, get the most out of yourself and be able to tap into that inner mongrel or that inner toughness if need be. So this topic has stemmed from a couple of conversations I've recently had with clients. And that was around, well, if I'm training in this way, how can I then be this other way in the race? And it's funny, one of those questions, which doesn't relate to mindset so much, but one of those questions was, well, if I'm training aerobically all the time, how am I going to be able to train to do this incredible 20% eight-minute hill climb on the bike in a triathlon if I haven't done it over and over and over again in training. And well, the short answer to that is that if you just train aerobically rather than doing that hill over and over again at max heart rates for several minutes at a time, if you train aerobically, you build the aerobic base and therefore your threshold where your aerobic system can keep being utilized and be the majority is much higher. So basically your VO2 max becomes higher because you're more aerobic. So therefore you just remain more efficient at higher levels with much more aerobic base. So it's not about training your anaerobic system to go to a max effort for several minutes in a, you know, what is a three, four hour race. That's not the goal you're after. The goal is so that that feels better because you haven't been doing that over and over in a race. And the same can be said, I'm going to link it in here, the same can be said for your mindset. So if you trained all the time with an aggressive mindset, with that feeling of, I've really got to psych myself up here, slap myself on the face, get really worked up, and then that's how I get my energy levels up, perception of energy up, is to get that level of aggression and adrenaline and cortisol and all of that up. I'm going to have a few shots of coffee. I'm going to have a swig of sugar and then I'll be ready to train. So you think about what you're training your body to do there is to utilize those hormones constantly for energy, for perception of energy and for energy itself. And those hormones have to come from somewhere and they come from a place of nutrients. Your body is made of vitamins, minerals, fats, and proteins. So anytime you're doing something, you require nutrients to do that uh, activity, whatever it is you want to do. 
And so you're using up these resources. So pain tolerance, for example, that's a hormone. Let's say you've got adrenaline being pumped out. Adrenaline does a lot of things to the body, which not only exhausts the adrenaline stores, exhausts the stores of those other responses that it is instigating. And there's this flow on effect of, yes, you can get the work done being in a state of fight or flight, and you can get the work done being a state of anger and uh, aggressiveness, but it doesn't last as long as if you're in the state of being calm and present and quite happy, you could say, you're going to be able to perform as well for much, much longer than if you relied solely on that other way. So the point of this is to say, we want to train for what we're doing the majority of the event that we're training for. So I wouldn't be telling Usain Bolt to train all aerobically. You know, it's a very different system that he's training. However, the mindset that he trains with and the way that you can see him so relaxed in a race, he is training his mindset all of the time. And you know it, you can see it, see how relaxed he is when he's sprinting. So he's training that all the time. So even in someone in an event that is a flat out max effort with a massive amount of pressure, you can see this guy is not responding to fear, to aggressiveness, to any of those adrenaline type hormones at all, because he knows that if you're in a state of calm, quiet confidence, and you're relaxed physically, as well as mentally, and the two are hand in hand, then you're going to have your best performance. So the question that came up from my clients was, well, if I'm training the way that you tell me to train, so if I'm having no emotional response, if I'm getting to the end of the pool and, you know, hitting the wall and I'm feeling calm and I'm not actually telling myself like, oh, that was a hard effort. And if I'm not breathing heavy and if I calm my breathing down quickly, if I'm back to nose breathing and basically you forget that you've done any effort the instant that that effort stops. So suddenly you're in this calm state of mind where you don't actually, you're not aware of the training that you're doing. You're aware of the things around you, but you're not aware. You're not telling yourself constantly, this is a hard effort. I'm doing a hard effort. The next one is going to be hard as well. And I'm going to feel exhausted after this. I'm feeling exhausted during this. And that is how I feel because you will start to hold your body in a different way. Your shoulders will hunch over, you'll hunch over, your breathing will remain labored. And so those things in itself, the way that you hold your posture, the way that you breathe and the thoughts that you are thinking are changing the emotional response within your body to the effort. So you're attaching this emotional response to this emotional outcome, to this emotional change, to this emotional state. So imagine now that you train yourself to be going at a hard effort, whether it be for 10 seconds or 10 hours, and you've trained yourself in training for, for many, many hours in training. And so you're really, really good at connecting the two between the effort and the emotional state being the perception is no effort, just movement. 
And I'll keep, I'll come back to that again and again. No effort, just movement. So where you're totally relaxed, where you're not telling yourself you're doing a hard effort. So you're not tapping into any of those aggressive hormones, mongrel type things. So the question was from the, uh, from the clients, I'm getting there, I'm, I'm getting there, was, well, how do I switch that on on race day? And it comes back to what I was saying before. You want to train your body for what you want it to do, the majority of the thing that you're training for. So don't, the, the amount of time that you would spend training for the mongrel would be, you know, if you were training for 10 hours a week, you might dig into that mongrel as a pure number out of the air. You might dig into that for, you know, a minute or two or not even in an entire week where you actually go, oh, okay, this is, I'm really going to dig, dig deep here and I'm going to switch into that mode of what it would feel like if I had to fight for this. And some weeks you won't even do that at all. Some weeks there won't be any of that. In, in training for Hawaii in 2012, my response in those uh, scenarios, as I've mentioned much before, was use the word love to bring myself centered, present, forget ego, forget all my doubts, fears, worries. That gave me more power and more efficiency. And I was training for that all the time. So I never tapped into an aggressive state. I was training on my own all the time. So I didn't have any pressure from anybody else to push me in that way. And obviously I didn't need to because I wasn't training for that kind of stress coming in on me. I was training for something that I need. I had complete control over. I needed to be in control of my story. So that's what I trained for. So the thing, the question you need to ask yourself is, what are you wanting out of your training? And the key here is that you want mental and physical resilience as the key goals to your training. So that way you're not going into training thinking, I need to be better than last week. I need to be better than that guy in the next lane or in the next, uh, on, on the road next to me. It's purely about I'm here because I want to increase my self-awareness, the control of my mind over the story that I'm telling myself. I want to become more aware of my efficiency, of my technique, and I'm not here to just see how hard I can go. I'm here to improve myself in all of these other ways that are actually sustainable, which matter, which mean when I do need to go hard, I can go faster than I'll ever have gone before. So when you're training in a state of this aggressiveness of going hard all the time, of pushing my limits from yesterday, of watching the clock, checking what time the guy was doing, see if I can do quicker the next lap, that does not allow you to concentrate on your efficiency whether it be your efficiency through breathing, through your technique, from even the tiniest things of just feeling the water. Where is the water in my hand? Where is it on my foot? Where's my finger? I can change my finger an inch. I can move my head an inch. I can move my chest an inch. Less than an inch. These tiny micro adjustments that make huge differences, micro adjustments that you will never ever be able to tap into if you're stating in training in this state of, you know, great alertness and, and fear, flight, fight. 
So when you need it, you're going to have it. An analogy, a metaphor that I like is no matter how long a tiger has been in a cage, even if it's been in the cage its entire life in a zoo, if it's never chased anything alive, if a rabbit got into that enclosure, what do you think that that lion would do? Or that tiger? It would just chase it, it would grab it, and it would eat it. It's instinct. It's your ability that you'll never lose to when they're, you know, the S hits the fan, as they say here in Australia. Um, when things get ugly, you will have that ability to switch on that aggressiveness if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine. If you can't, you can't. But so that's a different story. If you really, really can't even ever push yourself, if, if me asking you to do 10 seconds flat out as hard as you can, looks like you, and I think you're, looks like you're putting in 70% effort and you can't actually go hard. Well, that's a whole nother approach. You know, that's another person. You're a different type. Then we have to work on, right, how do we actually make you push yourself? How do we tap into that? And that would be a whole individual uh, few sessions there. So, you know, and I've got a dog, funny story. One of our two rescue dogs is, they're both mongrels, which is a bitzer, which means you're made up of bits and pieces. And so one of them though is the softest, cutest little thing. will lay in your lap. He'll be so sweet and gentle and he's got his head down and he gets scared of loud noises. But when he smells something like a wild animal or a rabbit or a kangaroo or anything that is there and if he smells it his back goes up and there is nothing in the world that will scare him so this is from a pup he's now eight who will get so scared of me like waving a tea towel at a fly he will slink off and go hide out the back he'll go under the house he'll go into the wardrobe if i slap the tea towel on the bench to catch a fly and that noise he's so scared and yet, like I said, once he switches on that instinct of I'm smelling something that I want to catch, it is so natural and inbuilt and the same is for you. When you need to, it will be there. And the same can be said to go off topic a little bit here is, like I say, that anaerobic system for one, you will never lose your ability to be anaerobic and to produce energy without oxygen and to produce energy from sugars and to go lactic. It's, you will never lose that ability. And the more aerobic you are, the more higher you can push before those anaerobic systems kick in. And of course, then after you've been anaerobic, the more aerobic you are naturally, the bigger base that you have of ability to get oxygen into the cells, the faster you will recover. So back to train for what you want to achieve the majority of what you want to achieve. So the no effort, just movement, I'll just touch on that quickly and explain a little bit more about what I mean when I say no effort, just movement. So it's a, it's a phrase that is like a trigger phrase that you can use to relax your mind and body and be present and to take the tension out of what you're trying to do, take the control out of what you're trying to do, and just do. 
I love the quote from Forgetting Sarah Marshall movie. Um, it's a classic movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a very funny movie. I recommend you watch it. And so the main guy is getting taught how to surf. He's getting taught how to surf by this real like laid back surfer dude. And he's like, man, and they're just on the sand on the board. And he's just learning how to stand up from a lying position. And so you've got the main character there trying to learn, jump up. And so the surfer dudes, they're going, okay, pop up. And he's saying pop up. And the guy pops up, stands up on his feet. And the surfer dude's like, nah, you're doing too much. And so what his point was, and he kept repeating this, nah, do less. Nah, do less. And then the guy just lays there and does nothing. And he's like, you got to do more than that. So the point is, you probably didn't get my the humor in it. You've got to go watch it. The point is, he was trying too hard to control what he was doing. When you have tension, you're slower and you're inefficient. When you have less control and you're not thinking about where you're putting your body and you're just doing and you need to do something fast in reaction, your body is better at doing it. A boxer, their arms are loose, limber, relaxed totally relaxed. They're not holding tension because they're so much faster reflexes when they're relaxed. Same goes for your mind. Your mind will relax, will reflex, have a faster reaction when you're relaxed than if you're tense. So everything that you do, you can do with no effort, just movement. When you're in the gym and you go to pick something up and it's heavy or it's light, it doesn't matter. The response in your brain is the same. There's no effort. It's just movement. So whether you are picking something heavy or you're picking something light, there's the same response in your emotional state of your thought patterns and everything that you are just moving. That's all it is, just movement. And so imagine going through a race with this trigger phrase of no effort, just movement. And so first of all, it's easy to control ego. You're not trying to stay tense. So if you're not tense, you're doing the right things. You're more efficient. You're not tensing your mind. So you make the right decisions. You go at the right effort because you're more in touch with your body and your breathing. You don't suddenly get, you know, after 10 minutes of pushing too hard up a hill and you realize, oh geez, I've just been anaerobic for 10 minutes and that's going to hurt me later on because I've just produced a heap of stress byproducts. And that's going to inhibit oxygen getting through to the cells for the rest of the day. You might clear some of the byproducts out depending on how healthy you are, depending on how aerobic your base is. You can clear that as you go if you drop back into an aerobic zone. However, some people, if you're at that, if you're already at your threshold and you've increased and you've produced some stress, then that stress will accumulate more stress and stress on top of that and less and less oxygen gets through as time passes. And before you know it, you've been completely anaerobic. Your heart rate, you can't even get up. Um, your heart rate's low, but you can't move your muscles. You're completely shattered. You've been drinking Coke all day and yet you still can't push harder. And so it has this huge accumulative effect of staying with a calm centered mindset without responding emotionally, without getting adrenaline and things going, without using aggressiveness and anger to fuel your movements, 
there are times when that happens and it does work really well. And it's another, it's like a totally different pathway of energy, but you can't rely on it all the time, but it will always be there. You can't practice the situation of, of stress where you, let's say, as I've used before, when Jamie was cramping in the end of the New York City Marathon and someone trod on the back of her heel and a shoe came off and she was so annoyed that she put her shoe back on and started sprinting. The cramp went away. As if you've missed my cramp podcast, you've got to go back a couple and listen to that. The cramp went away because she bypassed some pathways. She got more oxygen into the cells using different energy resources, different inputs, different nerves, and different muscles were activated. And the cramp went away and she sprinted to the finish line from there. So performance is such a multi-layered, multifaceted puzzle that all it the main thing where you start with what you're going to do in training is what do you want to achieve in the big picture and why are you even exercising at all why do you even have that goal and it comes back to it's about the journey it's not about the destination it's about how you hold yourself through that journey it's about training your mind and body to be resilient to be calm so being resilient means that you can handle these stress factors because your stress uh, threshold for stress, be it emotional, physical, perceived stress, all of these different ways that you can have a stress input is higher because you've trained karma while pushing yourself. So you can still push yourself, but you're pushing yourself without the perception of the effort. So your cells get such a positive input it's like you're, you're, you're filling them up with, you know, I don't want to say that it's positive vibes and that sounds a bit woo-woo, but the muscle memory between the input that you're feeding them from hormones, from your brain triggering things, from other neural connections, from whether you're doing it with tension or whether you're doing it in a state of relaxation so you can actually have more oxygen, have more connectivity, have more control, have faster responses have better reflexes, have this emotional stability. Uh, There's so many things that factor into your performance that you just need to figure out and be really clear with what it is that your goal is all about. What is it it that you're training for? And what what is the point of your training? And I've given you my suggestions. The things I've said about points of why you train, that's my suggestions um, based on the majority of people that I've worked with, but it's not everybody's primary goals. It's not everybody's primary reason that they need to motivate them, for example. You know, not everybody wants to get that deep into the mindset of building that quiet mind and always being so kind of present that you're almost not even, you aren't even acknowledging what you've done. It's a totally different way of training is my point. It's very, very different, and you may not want to go that down that road. You may always want to be comparing times. You may always want to give a shit if your mate's going quicker than you or you're going slower than them on any day. That's fine. Whatever floats your boat and keeps you happy, then that's great. Um, there's many different ways to come at performance, and I'm not telling you or anyone that this way is the only way. Um, I just think that it's a way that works really well if your goal is 
what I'm talking about. If, if what I'm saying aligns with your goals, then, you know, this is the approach for you. This is how you take those steps to get there. So it's been great chatting to these clients the last uh, 24 hours on this type of a topic and in so many different ways. And now I get to just share it with all of you. Um, obviously, that's just one little thing of the many that, uh, like I say, these many layers that, that come up in these conversations with clients. So it's great. And it's obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a process. So it sort of looks like if this is something that we layer into your coaching, if I layer into your coaching, this sort of thing, then it's very much, you know, I just don't throw you in the deep end and say, okay, now this is the type of, you're basically, you know, you're meditating, you're not breathing and you're doing the slow movements and you're doing this and you're doing that. And you're basically training like a monk and it's going to feel amazing and you're going to get it, you know, just start doing it tomorrow. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a process of many weeks we're drip feeding slowly different ways to start that recognition, to start that awareness through many different ways, um, techniques, different explanations, different examples, different people, different mentors that I've had that I introduced you to, um, their, their teachings and their information. There's even just this one subject has many, many different layers of how to approach it and what you can learn from it. So anyway, that's enough from me. Thank you for listening. And yeah, and let me know what else you want to hear about. Uh, You know, I'm going to keep coming back with things from clients that come up regularly with clients. And I will keep coming back with other new ideas. I'm going to have some more podcast guests soon. So you don't have to keep listening to me. Um, But yeah, I'm putting, I'm just been busy putting together all of this type of information that I'm putting on the podcast, I'm breaking it down into a video course. So that's kind of taking up most of my time at the minute. I'm trying to focus and get that done. So I keep forgetting that I've got to start emailing more guests and and line them up and book them in. Um, Tomorrow is the math webinar. Uh, You know, this is, we're in June, end of June, 2021. Tomorrow is the nutrition webinar with Mark Allen and Phil Maffetone through Math. Uh, the company math. So that's going to be exciting to chat with those guys and answer questions through that webinar. And there are more webinars upcoming. Um, So just sign up to the math newsletter. It's just once a week. It's an awesome article, one of Phil's or um, that he's written over the times, uh, over the many, many years, decades that he's been teaching. So just sign up to the newsletter, then you won't miss out. This one's free. If you'd been signed up to the newsletter, you would have gotten a link that you can send it to a friend and then you get the webinar for free with Mark Allen and Phil Maffetone and then me. So anyway, thanks very much, guys. Have a great day, whatever it is you're doing.